welcome to the Rich Thoughts Podcast, where our goal is to glorify God and terrify the devil. Get ready. It's going to be a great journey. Good morning and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast. I'm Harold Herring and that's my fine wife Bev on this second day of December. Yes, breakthrough day, breakthrough day. That's it. Today's teaching, seven keys to your financial breakthrough. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Breakthrough is a word we hear quite a bit in Christian circles. I checked 12 different translations and found it only appears in the Message Bible and not in the context of the contemporary usage. According to Dictionary.com, breakthrough is defined as a military movement or advance all the way through and beyond an enemy's front-line defense, an active instance of removing or surpassing an obstruction or restriction, the overcoming of a stalemate. The dictionary definition is more in line with how we use the word breakthrough. Now, we want to share with you (laughs) the Herring Life Experiences definition of a breakthrough. It is a sudden burst of revelation that enthusiastically moves you beyond all previous points of past resistance, bringing you to a new level Mm. of success. Mm. In other words... You, nobody else but you, will make a decision to move beyond the boundaries, the societal inertia, or the attacks of the enemy that have come against you. With my definition of breakthrough in mind, let's look at seven keys to your financial breakthrough. Amen. Number one, get a plan. Without question, the necessity of a plan for your future, for your success, is revelation to some and a definite reminder to others. 1 Timothy 4.5, excuse me, 15. 1 Timothy 4.15 in the New Living Translation says, give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. God has always been big on plans. Believe me, he had a big plan for creating planet Earth. He spoke it into existence. God pays attention to the details. When we follow his plans, we will be uh, commended for our obedience to his instructions. Genesis 6.22, 6.22 in the New King James Version says, Then Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. In reading the story of Noah, it becomes very clear that God wanted us to understand that Noah did what he was told to do. God wants no less from each of us, which is why the verse is repeated. In Genesis 7, 5, 7, 5, excuse me, New King James, it says, and Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. God might be a little impressed when people start goals, but he is fully impressed when we complete them as he has directed. That's so true. If you want to have a breakthrough in your finances or any other area of your life, you need a workable plan for your future. Yes. A plan that is measurable with specific timelines and follow-up procedures. If your previous plans didn't work, they still won't unless you make God-directed changes. Hallelujah. Number two, stand on your word. Stand on the word, not your word. Well, you need to stand on your word, too. 
but stand on the word. No matter where you are in life, living the dream or dreaming of a life worth living, you'll find the direction, encouragement, comfort, peace, strength, and power you need in the Word of God. Acts 15.31, 15.31, classic amplified. When they read it, the people rejoiced at the consolation and encouragement it brought them. Reading the Word will provide you with inside information about the plans and appointment that God has made for you. Standing on the Word will direct you when all else seemingly fails. When what you thought was going to work didn't, when the raise you thought you were going to get didn't happen, what do you do? Stand on the Word. Stand on the Word. Ephesians 6, 7. 6, 7. 6, 13, 13. through 17. Thank you. Ephesians no 16, 13 through 17. That's what we're looking for. That's it. Amen. In the Message Bible, and this is what it says, be, be prepared. prepared. <laughs> be prepared. That? You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get, every weapon that God has issued. I love this. So that when it's all over, <clears throat> but the shouting, there you go. you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You need them throughout your life. God's Word is an indispensable weapon. Think about that, what it says. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. That's it. That's depth. God's Word is an indispensable weapon. So listen, if you're headed for a breakthrough, doesn't it make good sense to stand on an indispensable weapon? The Word of God. That's it. Number three, obey the word. Luke eleven twenty eight. Eleven twenty eight in the Amplified, classic Amplified Bible says, But he said, Blessed, happy, and to be envied. Rather are those who hear the word of God and obey and practice it. To obey the word, you must make sure that you understand the word even as you obey it. Here are four questions to answer as you obey the word. Well, One, you need to ask yourself and then answer. That's true. Yes, yes. This is what is posed to ask and then answer. Yes. What does this verse say? Mm. Think about it. What does the verse mean? Yes. What does the verse have to do with me? And how can I apply this new understanding to my life? Proverbs 8.32, 8.32 in the Message Bible has some great advice when it says, So my dear friends, listen carefully. Those who embrace these way, my ways are most blessed. Mark a life of discipline and live wisely. Don't squander your precious life. Bless the man, bless the woman who listens to me. Wake, awake and ready for me each morning. Alert and responsive as I start my day's work. When you find me, you find life, real life, to say nothing of God's good pleasure. Number four, speak faith out of your mouth. Oh. Being positive comes easy to some people. To others, it doesn't. The latter group will often blame everybody else as to why they're so negative. Ever once we reach the age of accountability, once we know that Jesus is the Lord of our lives, then we choose whether or not to speak 
the pure, the powerful, and the positive, and the powerful. Yeah, I'm saying powerful twice from the Word of God because it is. Matthew 12, 36, 37. 12, 36, 37. But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they should give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Wow. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. According to Strong's Concordance, the phrase every idle word means non-productive, lazy, and one who shuns labor. Wow. Idle words don't build faith. They erode it, destroying little by little. Luke 6.45, 6.45, classic amplified. The upright, honorable, and intrinsically good man, out of the good treasure stored in his heart, produces what is upright, honorable, and intrinsically good. And the evil man out of the evil storehouse brings forth that which is depraved, wicked, and intrinsically evil. For out of the abundance, overflow of the heart, his mouth speaks. Mm. Speaking words of faith <laughs> builds your future, positions you for continual breakthroughs, whereas idle words erode your faith. Number five. Go ahead. Be careful what you say. There you go. Hallelujah. Be careful what you say. You know, I remember, honey, when Abby's now oldest daughter, Sophia, came to see us in North Carolina for the first time. Mm -hmm. If I were to say, I'm dying to see my grandchildren. I've just given the enemy a foothold by the words coming out of my mouth. I'm not dying. So why would I say such a thing? Simply because we picked it up conversationally from other folks. If I don't get that new promotion, I'll just kill myself. Really? You know, the person doesn't believe it when they say it. But it's a dangerous game of spiritual roulette that they're playing with the devil. Mark 11, 22 through 24. 11, 22 through 24, New Living Translation. Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen, and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Hallelujah. What a promise. Your mountain is whatever area you need a breakthrough in. Speak to it. Believe it. Don't doubt it. And it will be yours. Can somebody say hallelujah? hallelujah. Number six, continually sow toward your miracle. If you're believing God for a financial breakthrough, you need to sow toward your miracle. And yes, not only sow, but sow continually. 2 Corinthians 9.6, Classic Amplified Bible. Remember this, <clears throat> he who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously that blessing may come to someone will also reap generously and with blessings. Simply said, the portion with which we sow is the portion in which we will reap. Very specific, in, really, in the scripture. Sowing is not a one-time action where we wait for the harvest before sowing again. Sowing sparingly and grudgingly means that you're an infrequent sower, and it also means, really, that you're, well, you're doing it grudgingly, sparingly, out of 
concern for it's not going to happen, more or less. But you know, <clears throat> it does. It's it, there are too many believers who sow one time and wait for the harvest. Biblical sowing and reaping was meant to be a blessing flow. Yes. And starting that blessing flow, well, that's the way to keep it going. The remainder of 2 Corinthians 9, 6, Classic Amplified, says it this way. And he who sows generously that blessings may come to someone will also reap generously and with blessings. Glory to God. So if you need a money miracle, sow generously, sow continually, expecting financial breakthrough. Number seven, be patient. Delay tactics are a favored deception of the enemy because he seeks to trip us up by filling us with doubt about the inevitability of our financial breakthrough. The enemy wants us to believe that deliverance from debt will never manifest in our lives. But that's not what the Word says. That's right. The enemy wants us to think the job market is hopeless and that we'll never get another job. But that's not what the Word says. The enemy wants us to think the financial breakthroughs only happen to other people. But that's not what the, what the word, word says. says. The enemy wants us to think that the Lord is interested in our is not interested in our needs or in fulfilling the promises he makes to each of us in his word. Second Peter three nine, second Peter three nine, classic amplify. The Lord does not delay, is not tardy or slow about his promises, according to some people's conception of slowness, but he is long-suffering, extraordinarily patient toward you, not desiring that you should punish, any should perish. that any should perish, but that all, 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 yes. all should turn to repentance. This scripture is often quoted as a verse to give hope to those who are believing for a loved one to be saved. However, we <laughs> think that's much more adverse at work in this voice. When it says the Lord does not delay, it is not cardy or slow about his promises. If you've been going through the fire, if you feel like you've been to hell and back, then you need to hold on to the first part of that verse. You gotta know your breakthrough is on the way. But you gotta hold on to the promises of God. Amen. Because the manifestation is coming in your life. In the promises. Hallelujah. Join us each morning at 8.30 Eastern. And until next time, God bless you. Happy trails. And keep thinking rich thoughts from the Word of God. We love you. We appreciate you. Bye-bye.